This is Stories with a Voice, a podcast focused on spreading understanding and compassion about serious topics. This season is called Students of Struggle, a series of interviews with college students and affiliates about their personal experiences with suicide. The goal of sharing these stories is to increase hope and empathy. The following episode includes a discussion about suicide, anxiety, depression, and feelings of hopelessness, which may be triggering for some. Safety always comes first. If you or someone you know is not safe and needs help, please reach out and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. The views and opinions of this podcast do not represent any organization and are solely the opinions of the participants. I'm your host, Virginia Henry. For this interview, I talked with Abriana, a college student studying communications. Abriana has lost several friends to suicide. She shared how that has changed her life. What brings you hope? That it's not the, that this life is not the end. Um, and that there's so much more beyond this moment, moments that we go through. Um, there's going to be hard times and there's going to be sad times, but that doesn't define us or nothing that we do really can define us and that we can become who we want to be. That brings me a lot of hope that we can change through the power of Jesus Christ and through his atonement. That, that brings me a lot of hope. That belief system yeah. really is a, is a foundation for you. Yeah, definitely. On the flip side of that question, what makes you feel like there is no hope? When when someone or something is compromised that I really care about and that and it not only hurts me but hurts someone around me because of something that happened if that's like a car accident or or even like a suicide, you know, or like or just, you know, getting a bad test, you know, something that is like something that I, I lose and and can't get back. And it feels like that I can't get back at the moment. That's that I lose hope there. So have you personally or anyone you ever that you've known experienced thoughts of suicide? Uh, yes. Um, growing up in high school, um, from ninth grade until senior year, I saw five suicides at my school, or I witnessed, like I was there for five of them, witnessed one of them, and uh, and was good friends with two of them. So I definitely have had had multiple incidences with that. That's a lot. You know. It's, it brings hope knowing that it's not the end. And I think that was the biggest thing, especially after one of them. Would you be willing to share any of those experiences? Um, yeah, I'll share the one that was probably the closest to me. Um, I had a, so after the third suicide, 
at our school. Felt like I needed to do something about it. And it was hard for us to talk about it. And there was like this stigma that if you talk about it, then it gets worse. And so the administration and the faculty just didn't talk about it. Mm. And uh, I didn't think that was right because I needed to talk about it. And so I went to my I went to one of the counselors at the school and I was like, hey, I want to start something. And we kind of looked into it and we found at first what was called the care team. It was like had like an acronym of compassion, action, reassurance and power. And so we kind of started that Um, and that helped the awareness of it all. All my friends knew (laughs) that I was I was doing that. And uh, one of the days we had a, a, what was called a care day and uh, brought, bought a bag of candy from Walmart. And I walked around during lunch and um, gave it out. And I remember that day I was walking and I saw one of my friends. I was like, ah, oh, hey, I love you and I care about you. Here's a piece of candy to know you're loved. And I was like, do you know that? Do you know you're loved? And do you know you're cared for? And do you know that you're not alone in your trials? And he just like looked at me and he said, yes. And then I was headed up to Salt Lake and he stepped in front and I never saw him after that. At first it was hard, but then I realized that people were able to talk about it after. The next day that we came, that was like a that was like a Wednesday, and the next day we came to school, thousands of kids, right in this high school, and during lunch it was silent. Uh, no one was talking, and when we did, we were whispering, and all the classes were like quiet at the beginning, and I remember that that next day we just talked about it. And over the intercom, they they came on and just said, if you or your friends need to talk about it, come in and talk. And I was so grateful for that. You know, like I didn't really, at the time, want to talk about it, but I realized that, yes, talking about it can like trigger, I guess you could say, but it's important. Otherwise, it just kind of festers inside. And I was grateful that the administration saw that and gave us time to talk about it. After that, there was there was one more of my friends that passed away. And uh, um, it was okay because I knew that was always going to be a thing, but that there's hope in, there's hope in Heavenly Father's plan. Kind of like I said before, there's hope. This stood out to me. You're, you're saying how you have hope in Heavenly Father's plan. That that faith for you has been really grounding and helpful to be able to cope with losing people that you care about. But you still felt like you needed to talk about it. Like that wasn't it wasn't enough to just believe in a sense. But but you still needed to almost go through a a grieving process. Definitely. I think any loss that we experience, we have to talk about it, and that's all in different ways of like when we talk about it. And I don't think there's like a certain 
time period that, you know, we, right after it happened, you know, you have to talk about it. I wasn't ready. I we hadn't left yet, and I got off at the next stop, and I asked my mom to come pick me up. I went home, and I listened to songs and, and just wrote in my journal, not even about it. And then I wrote a, like a prompt the next day in my creative writing class. And then about two weeks later, that's when I was like, okay, I need to, I need to go in and talk about it. And we need to, we need to start a care team again because I was the president over it and kind of stopped doing things. The activity of, of the care team got bigger that next, that next few months, over the next few months, just because it was a place where we could all come together. And I think that's one thing that talking about it brings is not that like so alone feeling, which I think can be bad. You know, when you feel alone, you feel like no one would really care. And that's what leads to, to thoughts that aren't necessarily the best thoughts, I guess you could say. Could you describe how you were feeling yeah, um, I first, at first was, um, at first I was, uh, shocked and, uh, went numb. I remember, like, I don't know, that feeling of, like, you know, when you touch your fingers to your, your, like, thumb to, like, your pointer finger, you know? I, like, remember doing that, but I couldn't feel it, but I remember looking down at my hands wanting to know if it was like real, if it like really had happened. And then the next day when I went on, I went home, I was just sad, but there was like this overwhelming peace. And I think that has to do with my faith. Like wherever Tarek was, I didn't know where he was, but I didn't know how it all worked. I didn't know where he was going to be, but I just knew the Heavenly Father was taking care of him. And so it went back to my faith, and I think that's when I knew that everything was going to be okay, and I didn't know how. So I went to school the next day, and I felt I felt comforted in knowing I wasn't alone, even though it was hard. I had cried my tears the night before. What kind of impact has that and the other experiences had on you? Oh, it makes me want to talk about it. it. Makes me want to share my experience. I myself have never had suicidal thoughts, but one of my really close friends have, and uh, they they tried to attempt multiple times, and. It makes me it makes me want to tell people that that there's more that there's something to believe in and that that's not the only answer. It may take years. It may be a long time, but you can feel peace and you can be happy again. And that that decision is so permanent. 
It's kind of uh, reminds me. Um, I recently got my hair permed. Oh really? Yeah. I thought it was natural. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And when I when I got it, they they asked me like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Like, the only way to get this off is to cut all your hair off and start over. And I looked at them and I was like, "Yeah, I want to do this. Like, I came in here ready to do this." And just then going back to this, like I think sometimes, you know, we just gotta ask ourselves, do we really want to do this? And I know it's so hard, but that's why we have the helpful tools that we have in that moment of crisis. If if you can reach out, reach out. How do you feel like it's changed you? It's made me care more about people and realize that, I don't know, going back to my faith, I was always, I've always been told, you know, Heavenly Father doesn't give you anything you can't handle. And I don't think that's true. I think Heavenly Father gives us things we can't handle. And it's our choice to either turn away or turn to Him. And it's made me decide, and it's helped me decide to always turn to Him. It's helped me believe in something beyond this. And it's helped me see people in a different light. Because there are some people out there that just, it's hard. And I, I understand in a sense that I don't want them to feel that way. And I want to do everything I can. The next few nights I had this same dream of, of watching the scene in my dream. And, uh, and then at the end it was just like, if you could only smile at him, it might have made a difference. And it kind of scared me for a little bit, but then I realized what I might learn from it was that saying hi, being nice, made a difference. You know, that day, saying hi to him made a difference in that moment. And it can make a difference and it can continue to be a difference. And if I can make that small of a difference, then then it's worth it. And it's worth it to like get up to do that. So I think it's changed me in the sense of helping me see that people are people that are flawed and to be nice to them. It can be really difficult as somebody who has had people close to you take their lives. Sometimes it can be easy to feel some guilt, to wonder, what more could I have done? And I think what you shared is so important. You said, it did. I, I did say hi. I, I did tell him that he was loved, and that did make a difference. Ultimately, he made a decision, and that's one thing that we want everyone to understand is that you're never responsible for the choices of others and so feeling guilty can it can be hard to to let that go but to recognize that they are going to make their own choices regardless of what you do but it, for you if you feel like you want to like you said care more about people in the future 
or change things about yourself in the future going forward, then that is a positive impact. How do you feel like you were able to move on from that? That's an interesting question because in in the midst of it, you don't feel like you're ever going to be able to move on. But I was on my mission. I served in Oakland. I was sitting in the I was in the visitor center, and I was taking this this person on a tour. And uh, he, we were looking out uh, at the view because the view's miraculous there. We were looking out, and he said, "Where are you guys from?" And he asked, and I was like, "Oh, I'm from Alpine, Utah." Um, and he's like, "Oh, what school did you go to?" I was like, "I went to Lone Peak." And he's like, oh, "Okay." And then he's like, "You know the the guy on the train? I was on that train." And he goes, "It took me years to get over it." And by that time, it had been a few. It had been about a about a year and a half, two years. And he took. He like, I just recently ended counseling from it. Um, this guy didn't have a faith and didn't believe in anything. And he goes, and because of that experience, I now believe that there's a God. I believe in second chances. I believe that I can become better. I bore my testimony of what I knew. And in that moment, I realized that, you know, even though he passed away, my friend passed away, changed his changed others lives there's a there's a plan and so I think honestly what helped me see and what helped me like get over it and be okay with it not necessarily get over it but help me be okay with it was sharing my story going back to your question really quick about uh how has it changed you it's helped me see signs of other people and I've been able to help other save other people's lives just because I know what to look for now because I uh, did some trainings after um, that and got a training in multiple times now with uh, I think what even got me interested was I went to a QPR meeting here on campus I it wasn't the first time that I had been trained in that and my friend back at home I remember I had just got in the training and I went back home to Utah and when I was at home, my friend was talking to me and we were like sitting there and she like started saying like these things and I was like, and I just remember like asking her straight up, hey, are you, do you have suicidal thoughts? And she said, yes, don't tell anyone. And I was like, I can't promise that, but I can't promise you that I'll be there for you. And I told their parents, I told mine because I knew her parents couldn't afford counseling. And so my parents knew how to get counseling through through our church services. And now she's like happy again in herself again. And that makes me so happy because I was able to, to help someone, you know? And so that also helped me see, and that also helped me get over Tarek and not feel that guilt, not feel that, um, the, the sadness of it because we, we need to there's there's things to do and we can either learn from it or we can get stuck and I think that's when I chose to to act was seeing my friend and seeing that man's life totally change because of it I love that you shared 
um, the fact that you know you you made a conscious choice to you know learn how to to help others in similar situations I mean obviously like you said his deci- the decision of your friend it, it's a permanent choice to leave this world and it causes a lot of pain and they're in a lot of pain and that's why it's an option for them and I feel like your story has illustrated that even if you experience something like that with someone close to you there is still hope for you even though that individual gave up hope you can still find hope and that's so powerful because that is what can give us the will to live sometimes when we have nothing else. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I hope that people feel comfortable sharing their story. I'm going into communications because I love the power of stories. I love what they can do. They can change people. And I hope that someone hears these stories and they know that they're not alone. And I hope they find where they can go. Because I I believe that the darkness will go away. That whatever they're going through, whatever it might be, that there's hope, there's always going to be hope like you said. Your hope might be lost for a little bit, but it's like what Jeffrey R. Holland says, If you can only just believe, believe that I believe, and that's enough. I'd like to thank Abriana for talking with me about her personal experiences with suicide. Abriana is a college student studying communications. I'm your host, Virginia Henry. This is Students of Struggle, the first season of Stories with a Voice, a podcast focused on spreading understanding and compassion about serious topics. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent any organization and are solely the opinions of the participants. If you or someone you know is struggling and needs help, please reach out and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening to Stories with a Voice. Tune in each week for new episodes.